We are in, let's see here, part 18 in our, in our walking with Abraham lesson uh, there in chapter 19 of Genesis. And I'm just going to begin reading right there at verse number one to give us, in, give us some insight here. And, and we'll go through and, and I don't like saying read between the lines because it is the word of God. Uh, but give us some, some reminders of what, uh, of what happened here in Genesis chapter 19. But we'll begin reading right there at verse number 1, and we, we'll, we will read down past 15, 16, somewhere around there. Uh, no, farther down, 20, 20, something like that. But look at verse number 1. Uh, it says, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet. And ye shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto them and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, bowed both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after them, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Uh, behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as it's good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand, and pulled Lot into the house to them, and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out this place, out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out, and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth, and set him without the city, and it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold now. This city is near to me uh, to flee unto you, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. It is not a little one. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow the city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee to escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. 
the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. And then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And we'll stop right there. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this night. We thank you for this evening. We ask you to bless the reading of your word. Help us to understand it and apply it to our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. So at our last visit, if you all remember on Sunday evening, we began this chapter. And even the one before that, we talked a little bit about, you know, as we led into this chapter, is it raining out there? It is. It's kind of nice with the rain outside. Y'all stay awake now. I know that's kind of soothing. Uh, but we talked about these two angels visiting, visiting Lot in Sodom. And after the rendezvous with Abraham and the Lord, you remember they ate lunch with Abraham and then they ate again, ate supper, if you will, maybe a midnight snack uh, there with Lot. And uh, while they were staying out in the street, Lot insisted that those angels not stay in the street. That they would instead come into his house and he would provide uh, the protection, remember, he had no idea that they were angels. Uh, he was just helping these, these strangers come in, showing his hospitality. And eventually, the word got around that these two strangers were in Lot's house. And I don't want to go through all of this, but you all know them, that they, they figured it out, that they were, they were hiding in Lot's house. And uh, they came around, and uh, they wanted very much to know, quote-unquote, know the men under Lot's roof. But Lot begged them, don't do so wickedly, even as we read just now, offering his daughters uh, to fulfill their lust. And over time, the crowd got more and more violent. The crowd just wanted to be in there. A lot, assuredly, at this moment, thought that he would fall wick, uh, victim to their wickedness, maybe even lose his life. Uh, but then the angels began to reveal their identity. At least in my mind, if I'm, if I'm Lot, I would have been like, okay, they're not normal men anymore. Uh, there's something different here. And I kind of pictured this with, with Lot's back to the door. Uh, they, they strike, they open the door, Lot kind of falls in, and they strike you know, the violent crowd with blindness and uh, maybe pick Lot up on the floor. And at that point, you know, the cat's kind of out of the bag, if you will. Uh, Lot has maybe even came to him that he's entertaining these angels unawares, or at least prior to that. And then he's given an opportunity. Uh, he's given an opportunity to rescue the perishing, to rescue those folks that are near and dear to him. The ones that he likes, the ones that he loves, the ones that he's influenced on, the ones that are supposed to be like Lot and believing in Lot's God. Uh, so, but there's a catch to it. The catch, uh, so in my mind, so the angels are sending Lot, or, or, you know, we talked about how the whole city was blinded, right? And then Lot is going out into the cities, uh, pretty much free at will because all the other, all the other uh, residents there are blinded by the, by the angels there. And he has to go find those that are near and dear to you. Uh, the angel says sons-in-laws and daughters and so forth like that. Uh, but there's a catch. Those the catch is, those that are near and dear to Lot, they must have been near and dear to Lot prior to this for him to have an influence on them now. Does that make sense? So there must be some reason for them to believe Lot now for his actions previously. So if he's coming up with some strange things now and he has no clout, I guess you'd say, with them, they're not going to believe him. And we see that uh, to be the case here. So while the city is blind, Lot sets out to find his loved ones. And he goes around looking for them. And we see there in verse 14 that I know we're kind of overlapping here a little bit from last, uh, our last uh, lesson. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons. And I kind of put it in, as I was studying this, I kind of put it in my mind. Uh, the angels are there. The city is blinded. And the angels are turning a light. All right, Lot. 
you got five minutes. Go get those people that you love. Go get those people that you've witnessed to. And go get those people that you've told about the God in heaven and bring them back. So Lot goes out there and how many does he find? Zero. He can't find anybody. He can't find anybody. It's a very sad testimony. Lot's life of compromise didn't yield one soul. What's that? With these sons and laws, it doesn't sound like they've been blinded. It doesn't. Yeah, wouldn't they have noticed that something's going on? I guess they were blinded to that. They were. They were blinded. Now, as I was thinking about this, so Lot's life, his compromised life, his compromised life didn't yield one soul outside of his home. And almost none in his home. And then I thought about what kind of application we can have for us today. What if I were given five minutes? You know, the Lord comes back. He sends an angel, puts the whole world on pause. You got five minutes. Go get those people who you witnessed to and bring them to me. How many people could we get? Or what if he gave us 10 minutes? Or what if he gave us a week? But yet, what if he gave us a lifetime to go get these folks and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. How many people could we get over a lifetime of our lives? At the end of it, when the reaping is done, how many people are we going to say, Look, Lord, you've given me ten, I've got ten more. You've given me five, I've got five more. You've given me one, yeah, I did something else with that. That's really what Lot's, his, his position is. You know, when he came back to the house, I kind of, could you imagine Lot's mindset? If he even was in the right mindset? And angels were like, how many did you get? I, I, didn't, I didn't get any. I didn't get any. What if we were given a lifetime? What if we were given five minutes? Who could we bring to the cross? And then we'll kind of jump, at our, jump to our passage today. That kind of brings us up to date. I just wanted to uh, share that with us because it kind of goes with last week's sermon. But look at verse number 15. This is kind of where we end. You look at the end of 14. Those who Lot was trying to bring out, they seemed as one that mocked. He was a mockery to them. And uh, verse 15 uh, says, And then the morning rose, the angels hastened, Lot saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. So enough's enough, right? The, the angels are, are there now. And they... Lot couldn't convince anybody to believe them. So the angels are like, all right, we're going to go with who we got. Because time is short and we're getting out of here. You know, if you think about it, how long did Lot live in Sodom? A year? Two years? Probably like 10 or 20 years. 10 or 20 years in Sodom. Uh, maybe even more. We, it all depends on when, he, when it talks about when Lot pitched his tent in Sodom, right when they split. It was early. I mean, it was before Ishmael was born. So I mean, obviously before Isaac's about to be born here, or nine months or so from Isaac being born. Uh, Ishmael was at least five years old at this time. So it's at least five years at a minimum, but probably more, 10 or 20 years. And the only life he influenced, and that's a maybe, is his wife and his two daughters by the skin of his teeth. And the angels say, now it's time to get out. It is time uh, to get out, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. That, that phrase to me is, is interesting. Lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. I think it's interesting how that warning was given. So it, that, that statement there kind of implies that, that destruction, judgment, condemna condemnation is the inevitable result of iniquity. When iniquity is full out, 
when we're fully consumed with iniquity, destruction is inevitable. There's only, the only hope is Christ. The only hope is, 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 is deliverance from an almighty God. So lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city, the destruction of that city. And then you look at verse 16. What a, also another sad verse. Verse 16 says, And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand. The angels grabbed him, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth. So, even in the midst of all the chaos, and God's great act of grace and mercy for Lot, all the mercy, all the long-suffering, all... I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Lot lingered. Ah, no big deal. You've come all the way down here, God, from, from heaven on high. You're about to destroy this thing. You come to get little old me. Can you give me five minutes? <laughs> I couldn't find anybody in five minutes. I couldn't find anybody to come with me, but I want to linger. You're asking me to give up my whole life, and that's hard. He lingered. And isn't that a perfect picture of modern-day believers? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go right now. Like Lot, many Christians, many believers today, our, our belief has deteriorated into nothing more than an escape of judgment. It's a, it's a card, a get-out-of-judgment-free get card. And even though we know as believers, and I'm not maybe necessarily talking about us as, as a whole, as, a, as the American church, the German church, or whatever you want to, however you want to apply that, we know the judgment's coming, but we linger. But we linger. We can ask one simple, one simple question here, and it's maybe in layman's terms here, layman terms here, what in the world is wrong with Lot? <laughs> what is he doing? Why is he lingering? What is, why is he doing these things? And, and if we ask that question for Lot, we can ask the same question for us. What are we doing? Remember what James wrote in, in James chapter 4? Mind you, James was the first book of the New Testament, before the Gospels, before the book of John, and all those things. Uh, he says, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? I wonder if he thought of Lot when he wrote that. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You know, praise God, as believers, we are, of course, forever children of God. We are never enemies of God. Romans 8 1 says, There is therefore now there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. But at the same time, there are many Christians who live the lot of the life like Lot. We are living so close. And I think I've, I've mentioned it in a, in a message before where, you know, if this were the line, you know, if, if that side of the line is sin and this side of the line is not sin, and Christians want to just walk directly on the line. Now, we got freedom to do so. Praise God. Don't fall over on the sin. And, and we don't want to be judgmental because if you walk... Like, personally, if the lines are there, I'm, I want to be over here somewhere. Because it's like when you're, when you're driving a car, especially in a rain like this. You give that, you know, the distance, whatever the distance is when you're driving, you know. And then if you, if you double that, if you triple that even, if you're on the Autobahn or Interstate or something, and you're driving, you have a little bit of liberty, if you will, to look at your wife a little bit longer. You know, to look at the trees a little bit longer. And I'm not saying you should do those things. You have some room to make a mistake before it is a real mistake. Does that make sense? So you've created a guardrail, if you will, between you and a serious incident. And as we live our lives, we have these guardrails. 
And if we're a little bit left of those guardrails, we get a little bit, a little bit of room there to fall. Now, here's where we get in trouble as Christians. If this is where I want to be, if this is the line, this is where I want to be, and, and Tyler's over here somewhere, and I'm over here, and I look, what a judgmental Christian. He's got to live that separated life, blah, blah, blah. Or Tyler's over here. He's not here. He's not here. I don't want to associate with him. He's sinning. So you see the danger there? There's, there's a great danger there. We don't, want to, we don't want to fall in those lines because this is what God says sin is. And that's what we have to, that's what we have to find that line. But Lot, was he walking the line? Or was he a little bit over the line? He lingered. He, lingered. he liked dancing on that line. And we don't see anything that he, any physical act that he did, but I'm thinking he probably dabbled a little bit over here, a little too much. Again, he was living a life as a friendship with the world. And as Christians, we, if we have a genuine Christianity, why would we live like enemies of God when we're not enemies of God? Again, I'm not talking about us. I'm just talking about unless the shoe fits um, or sandal or whatever Lot was wearing. But if we, if we live that life, if a Christian lives a life as if he's an enemy of God, what does that say to the person who paid the price of reconciliation? That's like a slap in the face. Lot was, what's that verse that talks about that uh, Paul says, not neglect, frustrate. Galatians 2.20 says, I frustrate I don't want to frustrate the grace of God. Let's, let's go there real quick. Galatians chapter 2. Don't, don't lose your place there in Genesis. Let's see if I can find I think it's Galatians 2. Galatians, Ephesians. Yeah, the last verse. Well, you have, to, you, have, you have to read it with verse 20. You can't read that without verse 20. Verse 20 says, I am crucified. Galatians 2.20, with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now, Paul's approach is obviously different there, but the concept of frustrating the grace of God is still clear. Lot was frustrating the grace of God. It's time to go, Lot. I'll just a couple more minutes. I'll just, I'll just hang out here for a moment. And then verse 16 tells us that he laid hold upon them and brought them out of the city. And so much could be said about that verse, that, that, that phrase there, the Lord being merciful unto him. And then look at verse 17. That verse 17 says, It came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, they're out of the house, they're out of uh, at least the Sodom proper there, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. So it's like the angels, they're, they're inside the house, you know, there's two, there's two daughters and there's two adults, right? So one angel has got Lot and his wife by the hand, and the other two, or the other angel's got the other two daughters by the hand, and they, and they pull them out to a safe location outside of Sodom, but not safe completely. Right, because Sodom and Gomorrah is, is still going to happen. Those those angels are going to go do some business. They said, "Get here, y'all go to the mountains. Don't look back. Don't stop. Don't do anything. Keep going." And the Lord was merciful to them. So, verse seventeen again, we see kind of the angels rapturing them out of the city and direct them to the mountains and say, "Don't look back." 
And it has been said that Lot's deliverance, we, we talked about this before already, is a picture of the raptured church. And in some ways, I guess I'm okay with that. If you, there's a lot of typology there. We do have to be careful with typology. Uh, but it's there. It looks kind of clear there. But I think it's also a picture of discipleship. Uh, in other words, Lot and his family, specifically Lot here, Lot is the only one that we know for sure is, is a righteous person. Right? And we're going to talk about Lot's wife here in a moment. Uh, we don't really talk about the daughters again until we get... Uh, into another scenario, and we all, all know about that one later on. But Lot's the only one we know for sure that is positionally in Christ or in God. So Lot, in, 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 in reference to discipleship, Lot and his family, they were believers. He was a believer. They were positionally righteous. But after the angel, it's like God is intervening into his life. You're, you've been... I'm trying to make some application here. So, Lot, you're there. You're living in the world. You are a believer. I want you to come out of the world, and I want you to live this life and not that life. And Lot lingers. And are we guilty? I'm guilty. I was saved when I was 19 years old. I didn't start serving the Lord, really, until I was 30-some years old. 29, 30, somewhere around there. I don't, I don't like counting. I like forgetting those things. And as I get older, I want to make those years <laughs> shorter, you know, from 19 or wherever, you know. But I think it's about 12 years. 12 years of... Lingering. Twelve years of lingering. I don't want to live that old life, Lord. I, I know you want me to do this life, but well, what about that? And what about that? And what about that? And well, linger. We all linger. So it's like discipleship. Letting go of that old life and moving to that new life. Ephesians chapter 2 states that we were created for practical righteousness. For His works. For His workmanship. You know, the same guidance God gave Lot to not look back, I think is the same guidance to us and our discipleship as Christians. Don't look back. Don't, don't be concerned about who you used to be because you're not him anymore. Be concerned about who God can make you to be in Christ. We're not to live in the past. We're not to live according to our old, or our old ways. We are to live according to God's way. And we are to walk in the Spirit and we're going to come back to what looking back resulted uh, in for Lot's wife. And we'll talk, we'll kind of end on that. But I want to move on to the next verse here. Look at verse 18. The Bible says, And Lot said unto them, Oh, no, not, oh, not so, my Lord. Can you imagine? I mean, the angels, their mercy, the angels. I mean, they're not God. I mean, so, I mean, they're perfect, and we, don't, we have a limited knowledge about angels, but if we can put some human ideas into that angel, and if I'm that angel, are you kidding me? How many times i got to tell you, this place is going to go up and up in smoke, and you need to get out of here. You need to go, oh, see the mountain right there? You need to go there. You are not safe here. I'm just giving you a, way, I'm giving you a head start, and who knows how fast that head start was. So, oh, they got here, you know, and all right, go that way. I'm going to go back and do some things here. Don't stay here. Don't look back. Head to the mountains. Lot says, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, he'd just seen him blind the whole city. If, if somebody came in here and blinded all y'all, and I, I'm the only guy, he said, get out. I'm sorry, I'm out of here. I'm gone. <laughs> I mean, there's a purpose in, in, in what's going on here. And God is pretty much telling Lot that I have a place prepared for you. And Lot says, I don't care. I want to go there instead. I have a place prepared for you in the mountains, but I want to go where I want to go. So many applications. It's interesting, too, that those mountains are an Abraham's you're Right, you're right. It's, it's not That's close. They're in a plane. Be more like your 
nephew. Yeah, it's, it's so many applications. Look at verse, uh, verse 19 as we go, go through the text here. Verse 19 says, Behold now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. And he's talking to the angel now. Thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me, and saved my life. And I, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and, and I die. I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe I'm taking some liberty here, but it seems like a lot is just laying along thick. You're such a great angel. You've showed me mercy. You've showed me grace. You've saved my life. You're such a wonderful. I mean, just really. Just, can I go there instead? I mean, really. I mean, look at that. Uh, I found grace. Thou, you've magnified your mercy. I mean, these are things that we would say to God, and He's talking to this angel. And maybe, maybe it's real. Maybe it's maybe it's legit. Maybe He's really whatever the thing is. The wrong motive. Trying to follow what God wants him to go, where God wants him to go. He's afraid. So look at that. So I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and I die. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about. So Lot is in my mind beside himself. He's. Can I put it in a modern day term? He's he's gone bonkers. He's eventually goes to the mountains anyway. He does. So his heart and mind are deranged, in my opinion, from the constant vexing of the world. He is lost. He is, his, his little light inside is under a bushel, and it's about to be out. And only by the grace of God does it not go out. And a lot is like saying, I, can, I know you can blind an entire city with just one swipe of your hand, Mr. Angel, but you can't possibly deliver me from the evil that's in those mountains. I mean, there's wild beasts, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, there's all kinds of crazy things out there. Dangerous indeed. Maybe they were. But I don't think they had anything on the wickedness possessed by the two-legged monsters there in Sodom. They were more dangerous. If he went out there and got devoured by a lion, it would be better than living in Sodom. He was just, he was, he was outside of his mind. And look at verse 21 and 22 together. And he said unto them, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also again. What a, what a dangerous thing that God yields to us sometimes. That's scary. And I think if, if the Lord continues to give me peace, we're going to talk about that on, on, on Sunday morning with one of the messages that God keeps giving us what we want. Uh, and he said unto them, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow the city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. So the angels again yield to the wishes of a man, the wishes of Lot. First they yielded to staying in his house, now concerning Lot's new dwelling place. And even in Lot's lingering... He's bargaining with God through this angel, and God still shows mercy by delaying the destruction. I mean, I, I really pictured them, you know, the, the angels delivering that family of four out to this, this certain location. And there's, God's got business for these angels. They're supposed to be back over there doing some things, and they're still bargaining. And God's just holding off, patiently waiting to get a lot away from these things. I, I think also there's, there's mercy being shown. Oh, there is. We're, we're going to add that in. You're, you're spot on. You're spot on. Even, so even in Lot's linger and he's bargaining, there's, there's mercy. God's showing mercy to the destruction of Sodom. And they're not leaving. They're still blinded. They don't even know where to go. Until Lot was safe. And then, and this is kind of what Terry was just talking about. Have you ever wondered why? 
Why did God so, so, show so much interest in Lot? He's not in the lineage of Christ. In fact, later on we'll see from the incident of his two daughters, they will cause pain and misery to the people of Israel. He's nowhere near the lineage of God. Why did God care so much for this one soul? One, I think it shows that God does care for every single soul. That's, that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I don't think this is the best proof text for that. There's a whole lot more text for that. I think it goes back to Abraham. The intercession of Abraham. The intercession of Abraham. God, matter of fact, look at verse 29. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. Not that he remembered Lot. God remembered Abraham. Talk about intercessory prayer. Talk about how much of an impact our prayer can have on someone else. You know, it's, it's like in, in, in a weird kind of way here, it's like Abraham represents the 99 and Lot's the one. God's rejoicing when the one comes home because of the intercession of one man. Lot was snatched literally out of the fire. And then look at verse number, verse number 23. The Bible tells us that sun was, um, was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into, into Zoar. And so it took all night long for Lot to look for his sons, uh, his sons-in-law, and escape to the city of Zoar. Zoar itself, the name meaning insignificant. I'm sure that links in there somehow. Uh, and then verses 24 and 25 tell us that the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah and brimstone and fire. First time the word fire is used in the Bible. Uh, from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. So hell reigned from heaven. And God destroyed the wickedness of these villages. Uh, it says that he, he, he destroyed all the inhabitants of the cities. Not a soul survived. Not his sons-in-laws. Everybody that was behind were destroyed. And not only that, he also destroyed that which grew upon the ground. And I have a, a study that maybe Brown, I don't know if we'll do it next week, but uh, a, a kind of a scientific approach to some of the things we can see uh, modern day in, in, in the Dead Sea and same... There's some folks that think we've uh, maybe even found this. None of it's empirical, but a lot of it points to some, points to some things that, uh, that just makes you go, well, that's interesting. But even uh, killed everything that grew upon the ground. There were no signs of life when God finished, when God was finished with Sodom and those other cities. And again, we'll come back to some modern discoveries. And now, for now, look at verse 26. Verse 26 says, but his wife looked back. His wife looked back from behind him. And she became a pillar of salt. Now, this is interesting. So picture them there. So the angel brings them out to this place. And he says, go to the mountains. So we know automatically that they're not in the mountains. They're not in the, God's, Lot is not in the place that God wants him. But he's been given direction of where to go. And he chooses Zor, an alternative, of course. But they're out of Sodom. But they're not out of danger. Otherwise... The angel would have said, stay here, right? So I think that's a good conclusion. And the word used for look here, the word look, carries with it the significance of consideration, like look to consider. Uh, as in she looked back with a deep regard for those things that she left behind. So let's look at the positive things first. What could she look in a positive what could she turn her, mic, turn her, uh, turn her back and uh, turn her head back and look back? Even though being disobedient to God, what, what's a good thing that she could have turned back for? I mean, her, her, her family. 
Uh, she's leaving her family and, and maybe some friends and, and maybe that's there. So on a positive note, she could be looking back, hoping her children would change their minds. That would be understandable. But I don't think that's what's going on. She was probably looking back in sadness, knowing that she would miss her old life. And this is most likely the context here. Uh, if she was a believer, if she was a believer, the angels did in fact, I mean, some, some evidence that she's a believer. They did deliver her from Sodom. They didn't leave her there. She did follow. She was in the house. It could have been just coincidence, but I don't think God does many things on coincidences. Uh, but let's see here. So in, then she cared more. As, as they're going, she's in this, this place now. Then she cared more for the life of indulgence, for a life of faith. So picture that, picture that thing. So the angels brought him there. They have this, this lingering dialogue with, with Lot. And then Lot starts moving. The daughter's following. And wife stops. But, and she, she halts. She pauses. She cared more for the indulgence of that old life than she did for a new life. Her turning back, I think, is more than just a glance. Her looking back probably caused her to stop in her forward movement. All right, so the angels brought them there, not for them to stay there, but for them to move. Look at that verse again. But his wife looked back from behind him. That's Lot. She's behind him. They're in a direction of movement. She's behind Lot. And she stopped from behind him and, and looked. She didn't escape wrath because she stopped and looked. Notice a few things about this verse that I think a lot of folks maybe miss. We don't know for sure, number one, that she was saved. Second, she was behind Lot and, and looking back, which probably make her further behind in the movement if she even kept moving. And then third, who does the Bible tell us who turned Lot, Lot's wife into salt, according to that verse? It doesn't say. It doesn't tell us who turned Lot's wife. It doesn't say because she turned back, God turned her into a pillar of salt. Does it? I don't see that. I'm thinking that they were moving. They had a direction. They had a place to stay. And she stopped. And she paused. And it killed her. She looked at the old life. Wow, I'm going to miss that. And she suffered the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah because she didn't go to where she was supposed to go. I think these three points, three, these three things indicate that she, she couldn't, she simply couldn't leave that old life. Her looking caused, caused her to resist that escape. And her death is the cause of her stalling. Not of God's judgment on her. It just, it's a matter of fact kind of thing. In other words, in an effort to hold on to her old life, she lost her new life. And I just don't come up with this stuff out of the blue here. Take your Bible, and we'll end here. Go to Luke chapter 17. Matthew, Mark, Luke, look at verse 17. Look down at verse number 32. Now, I want to I'd like to read all of this, but I think we'll, we'll stop here. But it's all in context of the Lord's return here. Look at verse number 32. He said, Remember Lot's wife. But look at verse 33. Whosoever shall seek to save his life 
shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. She sought to save her own life. And she lost her life. She lost her life. I think that's the, the lesson that the Lord is trying to get across here. Uh, look back up at verse number 29 of Luke chapter 17. But the same day, or verse 28, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. I mean, put that in the mindset of, of Lot there. Lot's got no time to go get his personal things. The, the time they gave him to go get his sons-in-law was mercy. That mercy will not be reshown. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return. Judgment is coming. Remember Lot's wife? Whosoever shall seek to save his own life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you that in the night there shall be two men, one in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. And so forth and so forth. Jesus is talking about this end times. And there's a lot of similarities to what's going on today in our lives today. And I think we'll close right there.